Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Order your favorite CBH menu items from the comfort of your home with Skip the Dishes. Here's your host, Derek Taylor. 406 on a Tuesday, the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Tuesday, 2-22-2022. A lot of twos, Zinger. Twos. I was going to say Toonie Tuesday. I, think, it, they, I think it's back for one day. I was going to say they, they must be jumping on this 2-22-2022 thing. I think so. I think I saw somewhere. Yep. Am I getting discount chicken on the way? Clayton Croker, am I getting discount chicken on the way home? Everyone is talking about Toonie Tuesday, and I'm over here trying to bring back the two-cheeseburger meal from McDonald's. Uh, it, it, it was the best two thing of all time. Two yeah. cheeseburgers, fries, drink. It was like four ninety or something like that. I'm telling the two cheeseburger meal. Everyone talks about the McDonald's pizza. Bring that back. Ooh. Nay, nay. The two cheeseburger meal. Bring is, it back before the McPizza. Is that not a thing anymore? No. If you if you order it, sometimes they get mad. At least at the McDonald's in my neighborhood, if you try to order a two cheeseburger meal, they get they get snappy because too many people, I guess, try to order it still. You gotta order it all separate and that just adds up. Yeah, you gotta go to some sort of McDouble based thing at that point. But that that seems nuts. Like just charge me more for the two cheeseburger meal. If people want it, you can find a price for it. Come on. You said it. The people want it, DT. I talked about it today on the show, Cruise Mornings, 96.3, Cruise FM, shameless Boom. plug. Um, I talked about it today. The phone lines lit up. And that's the thing. You can talk about city council and local things all you want. And then you talk something about something stupid, like a two-cheeseburger meal. Yeah. That's when you get 900 calls. The other stuff, one or two texts maybe. And, yeah. and then the stupid cheeseburger story goes off. It's all we talked about today. I get why pizza will not come back to McDonald's. I get why the McRib is very seasonal at best. Uh, but the two cheeseburger meal, you're making the burgers. Come on. Come on. Just split a McDouble in half, put it on two buns, throw some fries and a Sprite in there. Boom, you're done. Six ninety nine. Maybe it's the war on gluten because gluten is the devil. Maybe people don't want that much bread. I don't oh, know. Just rub it all over my body. Gluten. Love it so much. My wife can't do it. I can. Uh, I just I, I'm responsible for eating all the gluten in our household. And I'm very proud of that. What's gluten? Shout out to gluten. <laughs> Shout out gluten. Right. Stand up for gluten. Stand up for gluten. Uh, it's a protein in breads and stuff. I know. It oh, OK. Is. I was like, wait a minute. What? Uh, if you love gluten, text me right now. 306-936-6262. The text line is for Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. Luke Mullinder's in at 430. Arash Madani at 505. Glenn Suter at 530. Riders kicker Brett Lother will join us at 430 as well. He is part of a CFL, CFLPA mentorship program where they'll take a week with six current or recently retired players and uh, give them an insight into the business world, how the CFL front office works. Brett's lucky enough to be in the first group of six for that, so we'll talk to him about that. We've got curling news. We've got rider news. We've got rider news coming. We've got news of the Strevolution staying in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers may or may not be retiring, moving to a career in social media. Mixed doubles curling and the Grand Slam curling, the big event coming to Saskatchewan in 2023. So much to discuss. Plus, uh, we'll put a wrap on the Olympics 
as well. Let's start with the big rider news. Uh, this from Justin Dunk. The riders have not yet confirmed this, and it has not made the CFL transaction wire. We'll see if it makes today's update. But the riders releasing quarterback Paxton Lynch and defensive end Tim Williams, according to Justin Dunk. Paxton Lynch, of course, was very publicly toward the end, not vaccinated, was not able to travel with the Riders for the playoff game, so he was put onto the suspended list. Uh, he is on the verge of being released, which we can discuss what that means for Paxton Lynch's future in football. Tim Williams, of course, uh, tore his Achilles. William, I was thinking he was one of the Achilles four, but he was not, was he? He was Tim the... Williams? I think he was. Was he... Oh. Ah, I'm caught with the. Uh, it was uh, Jonathan one? Femi Cole. It was Freddie Bishop. Nelson. Lacombo. It was Nelson Lacombo. Maybe it was Tim Williams. I thought there was. It a, was Tim Williams for sure. I uh, said it all morning. So if it wasn't Tim Williams, I looked like an <laughs> idiot all morning long. Well, and that does not happen. Ninety-six-three Cruise FM in the morning. Stacy and Clayton. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Uh, but a bump, bump, bump. Tim Williams. Do 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 do. Season-ending torn Achilles. Friday practice. Oh, no, his was in practice after the Achilles four. Oh. Who was the fourth Achilles? Nah. Oh, God. <laughs> Clayton's like, oh, man, my show. Text line. My Close show. enough. Close <laughs> enough. It's fine. Femi Cole, Lacombo, Freddie Bishop, four. Ah, Zinger's, go Zinger's working it. It's out of my mind. But uh, Williams tours Achilles in July. Uh, his release coming. Um, he was one. He was the one that riders were very excited about there was Keon Adams coming up Pete Robertson who recently re-signed very excited about Tim Williams he Larry got... Dean oh duh I can't believe can't, we're, we're dumb we're <laughs> so dumb three of us <laughs> we're so got dumb. the best of the players in there uh thank you to everybody who uh who put us in on that one we're still waking up from we the deserve... long weekend here yeah, we deserve all the chirps. We deserve all the chirps. We deserve oh. what's coming to us. That was bad. Sometimes oh, dash one, boys. Dash one. Yeah, that that makes up for the uh, one shameless plug and one we all absolutely boned. Larry Dean in the Achilles four. Uh, so I don't know if that says um, about Tim Williams, his recovery, if that says about what Tim at age 28 is going to do with his future. But a, a couple of guys who will not be back with the Riders this coming season, Clayton. I was kind of sad about Tim Williams being released. I was really excited when they signed him. This was a guy that, if he didn't get in trouble off the field, he was probably going to be a, a first-round NFL pick, right? And I love when when the riders or whoever, they find those diamonds in the rough that are going to turn into great players, right? It just, that's a thing. Injuries happen. The numbers game happens. And, and sadly, he's gone. We're never going to get to see him. It was kind of a tease seeing what he could do. And then at the end of the day, nothing, so... Yeah, the the Paxton Lynch one, I mean, people were very excited about Paxton Lynch. And if you were, when the Riders eventually opened training camp to fans, if you saw Paxton throw the football, you, you got a sense of why people were very excited. It was a, it was an informal setting, right? It was, it was by no means full speed, but when he, he would put the ball, drop it down the chimney, as it were, he would lay it right on receivers. His arm is just fantastic. So, all the way through the season. When are we going to see Paxton Lynch? Any Paxton Lynch in the future? What's going to happen with, with Paxton Lynch? Has he decided the CFL is no longer in his future? Because if the riders were convinced that, you know, vaccination wasn't going to be required or be a thing to enter the country coming up, they may well not have done this move. But does, does this tell us that Paxton 
one, done with football, two, going to check out the USFL or the XFL when it gets underway in 2023. XFL news, of course, to come. We'll talk about that with Suits. But uh, it, it would seem like there, there's no way any other team puts Paxton Lynch on their roster if if the Riders went far enough as to cut the former first-rounder. No, yeah, future second-round pick in the USFL. I think that's his future. I think he'll get a shot. I mean, again, a former first-round NFL pick. You're gonna you're gonna get a couple shots in the in the minor leagues. Yeah, like there's a new one every year in the states. So I think he'll get a shot there. He'll always have the corn dog photo at the Regina exhibition. We'll always have that memory of him, and that's literally it. That that that's the only one. So, yeah, as as I moment of silence for the Pax and Lynch era. Yeah, number four forever. Uh, you. When you see that, I, I was as I watch him at camp and as I think about it now, Clayton, I, I look back at it and go, I get why GMs like in, in professional sports absolutely fall in love with guys like former first-round picks because when I think of them throwing the football, I just go, oh, yeah, that's how it should look. Oh, yeah, that's where it should be. Oh, yeah. this just You just start you just start caressing your own arms and making yourself feel good. You're like, oh, this is – I want this feeling all the time. And you feel – I, I kind of look at that and go, I get why, why people could be lulled into this. No, like, We have no idea what he would have looked like on a CFL field. None whatsoever. What about when uh, – when Willie Jefferson is stampeding Adam, or here comes Ted Laurent with some middle pressure in a tie, in a game against the Tie Cats, no idea what that would have looked like. But you just see him throw the ball, and you go, "Oh yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. That looks nice." And I can see, I can kind of get why why GMs would just absolutely fall in love with a guy who was a former first rounder. This is going to sound like a brag, but stick with me here. Uh, I threw a real nice ball too, DT. I threw a very pretty ball. I was junk. I was garbage. I set the pick six record in the Canadian Junior Football League. Throwing a good ball means nothing. It means nothing, DT. Look at Ben Roethlisberger was throwing muffins for a decade, and it was fine for him. Yeah. It doesn't matter how it gets there, right? It just it doesn't matter. There are so many guys out there that throw the sexiest ball. And, yep. and, like, when you see it, you just, again, you get mesmerized by it. You're like, oh, man, the potential, right? Man, quarterbacking is maybe maybe 15% of the ball you can throw. I mean, it's a nice asset to have. Don't get me wrong. It's just there's so much more. Oh, Footwork, yeah. throwing on the run, the mental aspect of it, right? The Just the the toughness of it. It's just the, the, the good arm part of it, right? You can throw muffins all day long and still be a quarterback. It can happen, right? Look at Alex Smith. He made a great living on that. Yeah. So uh, throwing a good ball, in my opinion, was one of the most overrated aspects you can possibly have. Oh, it, abs- it absolutely is. There's- and I'm proof. I'm the only reason I get <laughs> the only reason I got a chance in junior or CIS, whatever you want to call it. Like the only chance I got that is because I threw an okay ball. Put me on the field. Oh boy, it was it was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it it, ob- it means nothing. But you just look at it and go, yeah, okay, I I get it. I get why. Guys, and this is not specifically Pax Lynch, but why former first rounders get shot after shot after shot? Go, oh yeah, that's what, uh, Drew Willie. When Drew Willie, uh, I mean, went from here when he was in Winnipeg, he was he had no ability left to to be, stand in the pocket and take hits and stuff. But man, I saw him at training camp for the Argos in in what was that sixteen seventeen and went, mm-hmm. oh my god, yeah. this guy hums it. But when he would get back on the field, it was just all gone. He went, yeah. I, I get it, but then there's, as you say, there's so much more that goes into it. So uh, all the best to Paxton Lynch and Tim Williams. We'll see what uh, if uh, any CFL is in their future, but uh, 
Justin Dunk reporting over the weekend. They will be the re- released waiting for confirmation from the Riders on that 418. Hopefully we'll talk more about uh, Clayton's balls as we continue on the sports cage. Luke Mullender yeah. and Brett Lawther, right? No, you had nice balls. You threw a nice ball, buddy. I did. That, that's the right? one skill I had. Did, did you also know that I, I beat Darian Durant in a uh, <laughs> halftime throwing competition? I don't know if I've ever brought that or brought that up or not. <laughs> we, also, that's I say brought. That's my one bad word. I say broughten. Oh, I'm so bad at that. That's not a word. Come perfect, on. Professional broadcaster Clayton Croker continues with us. Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 421 with the afternoon rush. There's six games in the NHL on Tuesday. Toronto's in Columbus, Nashville, Tampa, Minnesota at Ottawa, St. Louis is in Philly, Anaheim, San Jose, and the Kraken host the Islanders to cap the evening. Uh, New Jersey Devils star defenseman Dougie Hamilton. He's going to be back in the starting lineup on Thursday against the Penguins. Hamilton has missed nearly two months with a broken jaw. And it was on this day back in 2020 that a Zamboni driver beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. David Ayers came in as an emergency goalie to lead the Hurricanes to victory and it was 42 years ago today that the USA men's hockey team upset the Soviet Union 4-3 in the 1980 Winter Olympics but I would have to say I think uh, David Ayers beating the Maple Leafs I think it uh, trumps that better than that DT When was the e-bug? David Ayers? Yeah. The emergency backup goaltender? When was that? I, I read it was on this day back in 2020. It was that God, it was that recent? I was I thought you said 2010. I'm like, wait a minute, it wasn't that long ago, but 2020? Maybe I did say 2010. No, I I may I may just misheard it. I was shooting out a text yeah. as well. Tw- it's 2 years. Can you believe that? We were doing uh we were I'm trying to think what day of the week that would have been. I think we I think that was during a during a weekday. It's craziness. craziness. David Ayers. Let's let's just go to this confirm because uh, during a 2020 game against the Leafs, never played, 42 years old. Just just one of the Clayton great sporting moments of all time for the man involved with it, and frankly for me, the team that it happened against. The guy lived the dream. Right? Every single beer leaguer out there has thought of this exact moment where you're at a game and the coach just, oh, we got the we got food poison, goes in the points in the crowd. You get down here, right? I mean, I know that's not exactly how it happened, but but pretty much, right? David Ayers just chilling. I'm the e bug today, but that's 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 pretty basic. And then all of a sudden he gets thrust into action. Like I remember watching that live, and it was just it, it was just one of the more fun moments in sports. I wouldn't say greatest. I would just say more fun. It was just. Everyone loved it. Every, even the Leaf fans enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> he he would have gotten paid like five hundred bucks for the game. <laughs> beat the, uh, beat the. Is there a better team that that could have happened to? Not a chance. And, and I, I'm I'm trying to think of any any other sport that could have a similar scenario. Like basketball, you could have some some schlub who just all of a sudden sticks a game winning three because they left him wide open. They felt they didn't have to care about it. Uh, football, you would die. That player, unless he's somehow a kicker who won a contest at halftime, would die. Uh, baseball, no no chance. Well, you know what? What about ca- DH? If There's so- no chance a guy is coming from sitting in the stands, going, taking the plate and hitting a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Like 42-year-old who played hockey at like a senior, Allen, like Allen Cup level was, was who David Ayers was. 
But to hit a fastball of a closer, no. Could he come in as a filthy junk ball pitcher? Ooh, that's a good one. And, you know, it just happens to strike out somebody that uh, never saw him before? That's way more likely than a guy getting a piece of a ball at 100 miles oh. per hour. <laughs> yeah. What about a pinch runner? Pinch runner just in there to steal bases all game. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But, yeah, like hockey is – I don't know if the e-bug's a good thing. It allows teams to save a bunch of money. And, yeah, for, for one night, David Ayers – <laughs> Just a I'm sure he went. To, I'm sure he's a. He's been lauded several times by the Carolina Hurricanes, and hopefully he'll be celebrated by the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, a wing of the Hall of Fame for for David Ayers and all the other e bugs who who just stick around. Uh, Rider news also uh, this from yesterday. The Riders signing three players yesterday. Our first chance to talk about it. Defensive lineman Nick Coe, who was on the practice roster as of September of 2021. 24 years old, six foot five, 285. Uh, offensive lineman Bryce Hargrove, who was an undrafted free agent of the Atlanta Falcons in 2021, 6'4", 310 out of the University of Pittsburgh. And uh, national linebacker Justice Momoka spent three non-consecutive seasons at the University of Alberta, uh, 6'2", 210. Riders adding some more bodies uh, in advance of training camp. And, oh, there was Garrett Marino, who Luke likes to call Wreck-It Ralph. Doing a little trash talking on the old Twitter box, Clayton. Did you see that? I did. Like, calling out the BC Lions O-line for zero reason at all. I love it. Like, <laughs> this came out of nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Just an absolute drive-by. The BC Lions had posted some quote about trying to improve and blah, blah, blah. And there's Garrett Marino saying, hey, you might want to fix your offensive line. And it's him absolutely stampeding through one guy. The, the running back steps up to get him. He just dishes that guy like he wasn't even there and then pulls down Michael Riley. And I go, yep, I love it. I love it, Garrett. Absolutely, you get it. We'll fire this thing up. They're not traditional rivals, but they share the West Division. Just fire it up. We need more of this. Like, now I'm going to watch that first game between Saskatchewan and BC. I was going to watch it regardless because I'm a huge fan of the league, but some casual fans are going to be like, oh, yeah, that trash talking that happened. Let's see what happens. Maybe some fireworks start happening. Maybe sparks fly. Tensions are high. Uh, I don't know. It's, I think just the rivalry, the trash talking, that adds so much fun to sport. I mean, I know sometimes it gets out of hand and kind of unclassy. If, if, if it stays in the classy trash talk, I love it. It just adds so much more passion to the game. Right? Yeah, and if you happen to uh, have some highlights to back up your uh, your belief, I like that too. Just, just Even better. Video plays real well. Looking forward to uh, year two for Garrett Marino, a guy with, a, guy with an opportunity, right? All those defensive interior players have a real opportunity this season from Garrett to Charbel to Beer. Anthony Lanier the second they with Micah Johnson being off in Hamilton uh, there are going to be reps to be taken so uh Garrett Marino it's only February 22nd but I feel like he's already in regular season sass mode and I appreciate that absolutely he is one of Luke's favorites at Luke one of our favorites and Mullinder will join us next in the cage Riders kicker Brett Lother as well about the CFL-CFLPA mentorship program of which he is going to be a part. Uh, that is coming up. All the guests of the show are on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials.
4.30 on a Tuesday for Saskatchewan Lottery. It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's not a Monday, but we'll take Luke Mullender all the same. How are you, brother? Good, man. Good. How's everything going? Things are, are, are good. I did not freeze on the way to work today. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I can kind of hope when it's minus 32, 30, 22, yeah, whatever. That's, that's important to tell you that much, man. It is, uh, it is cold outside. I, so I get up at uh, – I'm out towards the gym at about 4.30 a.m., man, and uh, uh, walking to the car in minus 30 at that, that time in the morning is just absolutely brutal. Hell no. Hell no. Oh, let's go. Let's bring in professional athlete Brett Lother and ask him any 430 walks to the car for you to go to the gym or are you uh, are you more a mid-morning guy? Yeah, I'm not in there at 430 like Luke. He's a big dog, so I'm just trying to keep up. Oh, my gosh. There is there is nothing I should be doing at 430 uh, other than going to bed much less getting up to go to the gym brett lother of course the riders kicker for the next couple of seasons uh, uh man on the cflpa uh, still still a riders pa rep is that right yep um actually this year it's uh the second year of the term so they'll vote for two and three again but i'll be the rep for at least the upcoming season very good and you are part of the cfl mentorship program that was announced today in a, in a joint effort between the cfl and the cflpa uh with your pa hat on can you describe what this program hopes to be uh i think it's just more trying to get players involved in another area that hadn't been explored before i guess uh the pa does a lot with players helping them out to go back to school or uh other jobs and, and post-career paths and whatnot, but there hasn't been really much before that has kept players that want to stay in football. So I guess when this opportunity uh, came about, I got an email about it and um, I was kind of reading it over and was a little bit hesitant at first because I was thinking, well, I don't think, or at least I hope my playing career isn't over anytime soon. But um, then I thought, why not? Why not try to get in now and, and see where it goes, especially it being the first one. And over the course of the last few months and in interviews and, and applying and everything, I uh, ended up getting a spot and just super thankful to be going to this week in Toronto, I guess, and uh, trying to learn as much as I can behind the scenes. Yeah, so six players and former players were selected. Uh, you were one of them. Hugh O'Neill, the the release kicker from Edmonton, Stefan Charles, J.P. Bolduke, Brian Simmons, and, and Kenny Stafford. What is the week going to be for you? What, do you? what are you expecting for the week, Brett? I think it's going to be a little bit uh, boot camp style where you're kind of behind the scenes. Um, I'm just trying to go in with a completely open mind to, to soak everything in as much as possible and, and see how some of this stuff is done and uh, just trying to learn as much as possible. I've been to eCamp as a, a player before now, so I think it'll be super cool being on the other side, kind of behind the scenes to see how some of the interviews go and to get, get to ask questions that maybe uh, come up during the week. And I mean, it's following the week that we're down in Vegas for the PA stuff. So I, I have a busy couple weeks coming up, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself with that right now, but um, I'm really excited for the opportunity and super thankful for the PA and the CFL to come together and put something like this out there for the players. And, and Luke, when I saw this come across the desk, I thought, oh, this is something that uh, uh, you would have been in the heart of in your career. You would have seen the value in this early on in your career. 
Well, actually, no, I wouldn't have. And I think that's why it's important, because as a young guy, I was an idiot. And uh, <laughs> I thought that uh, I was going to play forever. And I also thought that, you know, life was uh, life was about Dom Perignon bottles in, in any club I could get to. So I think it's fantastic that the Canadian, uh, the Canadian Football League is taking this initiative, because some guys don't catch on. I was fortunate to catch on, D.T., Right, and I'm in a position in life now, which is, you know, like I, if I'm complaining about it, I'm being a jerk. Like, I have a blessed life, but man, like it's it's not easy on either side of the uh, on either side of the fence, you know, as a Canadian Football League player, whether it's um, after your career or whether it's, you know, really developing your skill set during your career, whether it's going down and, and wanting to pursue coaching opportunities. Um, I think that the more energy that the Canadian Football League can can put into um, just life outside of football, the better. And, you know, guys like myself, man, I've, I mean, I've, I've even gone as far as meeting with uh, members of the CFL uh, offices about, you know, creating mentorship programs as an alumni, you know, for existing players, right? But unfortunately, time is just, you know, time time is your major factor there, right? And, and being able to sit down and really carve something out. But it's fantastic, man, because, again, not everybody, you know, not everybody has the after you know, football goal in mind, but more importantly, a lot of people don't understand, you know, to, to, to create a life after for yourself or to put yourself in an avenue, you know, you've got to work hard at it, you know, whether it's in your career or, you know, um, or whether it's in your off season. Yeah. Luke Mullender, Brett Lawther with us on the Western pizza hotline. Brett, you said you were hesitant in the beginning. What, what was the hesitancy for you? I just think kind of what, uh, Luke said a little bit about just you don't think your career is ever going to come to an end but I've been I guess at the time it wasn't fortunate but I'm turning it into a positive I've had football I guess taken away from me for a number of years so um, I learned a lot about myself and, and about football and everything then and that's why I pursued it for all that time off and I, I've made sure that um, those days where you kind of take things for granted maybe or complain about this or that a little too much um they don't happen anymore because um when football is taken away and, and reality hits in life I, it really made me realize like this is what i want to be doing for the rest of my life i want to stay in sports whether it was football hockey or whatever at the time and i made a few promises i guess to myself during that time that if i ever got a chance to play again like number one one of the things i want to do is to try to give back and uh, i'm trying to do that right now and and lining some stuff up for the off seasons and um if COVID hadn't gotten away in the way had a few other things planned and then um when something like this came up over the last couple of years too I've been probably a little bit annoying to Jeremy O'Day and trying to steal some of his time here and there about learning uh some stuff for after football so it was kind of just crazy that an opportunity like this came up because it's always something it's like I said I want to play for another 10 and yada yada but you never know how things are going to go so um that hesitation went away pretty quickly and I knew it was something that was kind of just like the stars aligning for me to maybe apply and hopeful to get uh, a chance to even do this. So now that it all lined up and I do have an opportunity, I'm super excited for. And, and like Luke said, like life after football and depending on what you want to do in life, I'm, I'm super fortunate and thankful to be still playing football and still trying to line up things for after football and still have a number of things I, I want to do. And um, there's no reason not to be working toward those things while you're a player. 
where do you see the 45 year old version of yourself? I know that's a bunch of years away, but, but what, what, if you have a plan or you have a kind of direction or multiple directions? Uh, I think in a dream scenario, I guess, and <laughs> say this and take some backlash or anything else, but um, maybe down the road, uh, there was always like a number of things, but I think now and speaking to others and, and whatnot, I think getting into a situation where I, I do play for X amount of years more and then I do transition into football after and I can still be in uh, green and white and maybe uh, in a role like Coach Dickinson where your special teams are head coach or move up into scouting or business ops or even get into a position someday where um, you are Jamie O'Day and kind of um, setting up a roster and trying to win games in green and white and uh, those guys don't have an easy job and, and they take a they take a, a beating from a lot of people online and stuff, but they, they know what they're doing and, and there's a reason why they're doing things. So I guess I'll stick up for them a little bit right now, since I have the opportunity <laughs> to those guys, uh, the world-class and, and they're uh, smart people. And um, for all those reasons, it's why I'm so excited to be back in green and white. And I guess kind of can't wait to get back on the field this year and into training camp and around the guys in the locker room again. He's the right. You know, DT was, um, you know, with what with what Brett just said, right? And I think that this is where, you know, something like this heads is, you know, there are guys like Brett who want to get involved, you know, in coaching. Um, but then you look at it and you say, okay, well, this guy just played a whole career up here in the Canadian Football League. You know, he's not going to get, you know, like, you know, the universities down south when it comes to their GA positions and assistant coaches positions, they're going to go with guys they know. Right. You look at the Canadian Football League and you look at the fact that there's only nine teams. Right. So at the very least, what this program's doing or should be doing is at least teaching the guys how to network. Right. How to build their contacts list, you know, at the very minimum, because if you want to do that, right, like, you know, it, it's best that you leverage, for instance, the networks where you spend your off season. Hey, is there. You know, is there a university program that I can always go to and be a guest coach in terms of the spring camp, right? Is there, uh, what is, what are the national programs? What do they look like in terms of opportunities where I can go and I can pass on my knowledge and my abilities to, you know, uh, whether it's a collegiate athlete or, you know, maybe somebody else. And I think that for, for players, that's, that's especially important is, is, is just understanding how to build your contact list outside, uh, even outside the team that you play with, right? The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to give a guy like Brett as many opportunities as they can, but at the same time, it's not their priority, right? Especially in the meat market that is football, right? Like Jeremy O'Day and everybody once Brett retires, they're going to be focused on winning a great cup. So um, that's the nice thing is Brett can go back to them or he can at least understand the network that he's established for himself over his career and just start reaching out there. And that's why these programs are important because even networking, right, is, is a little bit beyond guys. Guys, Some guys don't understand, like, hey, what it takes to, to reach out and actually set up a call like that or, you know, create an opportunity for yourself with someone you've worked for or, you know, continue to keep contacts and when they are so they are warm that when Brett does reach out, you know, essentially that person he's reaching out to is expecting his call. That's something too, not to cut you off, Luke, that um, I've always done as well, even from the Hamilton days. And uh, 
um, staying in touch with like Drew Allenmang or Sean Burke, who just got the new job in Ottawa. And, and I bounced yep. around and had workouts and tryouts for years and still stay in touch or talk to these guys before games. And um, even this past weekend, I went up to Edmonton just on my own to uh, go to the Wildcats, the junior football team through a friend and, and was coaching there on the weekend and back home going to team Nova Scotia um, workouts and tryouts and helping with those guys are back at my high school or at St. Mary's and working with kickers from out East out West here and there. And I even have kids that I've never met before that are, I stay in touch with and text with right now that I don't even know who they are besides them sending me film and coaches in the league, uh, not to mention their names, but just try to give them a little advice, whether it's high school level or kids coming into this and I think over time, like those are things that are all going to help out in the long run and stuff too. But um, yeah, the biggest thing is exactly what you said is it's a big opportunity to network for this weekend to run into some coaches and scouts and GMs that I've stayed in touch with and get to see again. And um, hopefully someday, like I said, after football, it's a, maybe an easier transition, but um, it's a lot harder if there isn't programs or things set up like this for players to even get an opportunity because everyone isn't in the same situation as me. They might not be as fortunate. They might not have as many contacts or they might have more, but it, the more you can kind of include or, or I guess add things like this, which really isn't like um, a major thing to kind of incorporate every off season. It's, it's a step in the right direction for me, in my opinion, especially between the PA and the CFL kind of coming together on something. There needs to be a lot more things done like this, but I guess it is easier said than done. Well, and, and I just want to put in uh, a thing for, for folks like myself who are a little socially awkward and don't necessarily like it's Brett. It sounds like you're able to, to do networking and you've got those skills where you meet people and you talk to people and you're in these situations. You've actively put yourself in these spots. There are some people for whom that's not a strength and something like this can help them in that direction. It's easier to apply to people, you know, right? So I, I wouldn't have been the best in your in your exact situation trying to lay the foundation for my post football career, but it, it, it sounds like this can be a boost for even the more introverted folks. Which I which I as a, as a kind of guy who's got introverted tendencies, I appreciate as well. And it might not sound like this, but that was me. Was it really? Um, Watch my whole life until I guess the past couple of years and stepping into the PA role and everything else. I just. I was walking on eggshells. I never, ever wanted to be a distraction, interrupt anything, speak out, and was just always nervous and scared. And just, I mean, even now, I like to stay inside more and do my own thing. But I guess when you start to represent um, the players and, and like a greater good, it kind of brought a little bit more out of me to speak up and just, uh, I'm always going to say what I believe is right and what's true. And and try to keep things like that but um sometimes it can get you in trouble and and that's not really i'm never trying to stir the pot in a bad way but um i always try to like i guess think um about the situation and others and and really be thoughtful in what i say or what i do ahead of time whether it seems like it's coming off good or bad i think um there's definitely a message that can be sent a number of different ways and taken a number of different ways especially in like a social media era and kind of 
where it's a, a cancel culture era and this and that where people i guess they're they focus so much more on the negative instead of just trying to build up other players or teams or coaches and and there's a number of ways you can go about things but i think obviously like i said before this is just a step in the right direction and it's kind of bringing me a little bit more out of the shell i've been into the last couple of years so i i feel like what i'll take away from there this is a minor point is if not for your role with the pa we never would have gotten i'm the best kicker in the league brett lother i love well, it that's that's another thing too is um we play the year before and we're in the biggest game that is possibly created in Saskatchewan. It's the West final. So unless you're hosting the great cup, there isn't a bigger game and you're playing against Winnipeg and we don't sell out at home. And now we're playing in another game where there's maybe a lot of negativity or pressure on other positions and something else. And I'm confident in what I can do. And um, they want to do a press conference and I can bring something like that up that. Um, maybe takes pressure away from a few other guys or even stirs up some headlines to like quiet some other things. And also we're going against the guy who I voted for all-star was the all-star and was the best kicker in the league and is a weapon on their team. So a couple words I say in the media the week before, and I'm a competitor, I want to win. Yeah. So it's for selling tickets where I'm, I'm trying to put on a show. So people can take that the wrong way too, but there was a, I guess, a method behind all the madness and why I said that. And I was super happy. I got an interview that week just so I could <laughs> kind of seem like I was popping off a little, but um, oh, that's we didn't awesome. get the job done. I want to win a great cup. So um, we're back at it again this year. Cause you know, and if you didn't know, you are assured now, if you jingle your keys at us in the media, we're going to look at them like a little child. We're going, we're taking the bait on that every time. So well <laughs> done you, sir. That's fantastic. <laughs> Ah, gosh. Uh, Brett, thank you, man. Uh, this, this has been a great talk. I'm so happy the CFL and the PA are doing this and even more happier that you get to be a part of it as you kind of lay the groundwork for when your Louis Pasaglia-like career is over at the age of 40-whatever, you you're, you're well-positioned for whatever comes next, man. Thank you. No, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. One kick at a time. <laughs> He's the Riders kicker, Brett Lawther. Nice enough to be with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. I love it. I love it. Luke, he played us. Well, me. He played me. I love it. He took the focus off other people. There are so many examples of why that's a great idea, and I love that Brett's the guy that did it. I think that, you know, uh, again, the, the importance of the program and, and, you know, Brett and a guy like Brett is, I, I honestly think that is uh, that Brett's on sort of the high side of, of understanding you know, how, how a, you know, media works and, and B how to engage with fan base strategically. Right. But again, I, I want to go back to the fact that the CFLP is doing this, uh, you know, for a guy like Brett, who, who, you know, is probably ahead of the curve in, in that understanding, you know, there, there's plenty more guys that aren't even close to where Brett is. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where that, those guys are really going to benefit from something like that. But, uh, yeah, you know what? Hey, when he said it, I was like, "Yeah," and that's part. That's a great thing to say, right? Like, uh, you you always hear that that saying, "Hey, if 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 I don't believe it, who's gonna?" Right. So, the fact that guys verbalize that stuff every now and then, I don't mind it. I love it. I love it. It is four forty nine. Uh, plenty more to come. Rash Madani at 5.05. More with Luke when we return. The segment of the show brought to you by Nick's Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077.
It's 451 with the sports ticker. The Riders made the following roster moves over the weekend. The club has released quarterback Paxton Lynch and defensive lineman Tim Williams. And the club has signed American defensive lineman Nick Coe, American offensive lineman Bryce Hargrove, and national linebacker Justice Momoka. And at Canada's Denis Shapovalov, he's advanced to the second round of the Dubai Tennis Championship. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. 452, we mentioned off the top uh, the news of Paxton Lynch and Tim Williams being released. I didn't see the riders put that out on Twitter yesterday, but thanks to our good friend Murray McCormick for alerting me to that. The riders had made it official. It still has not hit the CFL transaction wire, which is why I was just waiting for that. But uh, Luke, no Tim Williams, no Paxton Lynch for the riders in 2022. Yeah, no, I think that no impact, right? Uh, Paxton Lynch didn't didn't really uh, do anything more than practice with the team and, and travel, right, and, and assimilate himself into the Canadian Football League game. Tim Williams, another guy that uh, that didn't have a ton of opportunities on the way. They probably got some good, good a good idea of what Tim Williams can be um, when they watched him practice. Uh, so, uh, again, you're looking at now the availability of two more roster spots to, to take a look at at prospects, whether it be on the offensive line or 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 the offensive line or the offensive line, you know. So <laughs> um, we, uh, it, it, you definitely have more options now as a team, and that's what you want to do, right? If you know a guy isn't going to fit into your, isn't going to fit necessarily into the long-term vision of the team, there's no point in, in prolonging it. You have to continue to build guys guys in and, and and give guys other opportunities to, to to get looked at i i'm i'm the first one to kind of yell at general managers and talent evaluators to go you know what you got to let go of what you thought of a guy five years ago but when i think of paxton lynch and what we saw at training camp of paxton lynch i just the way he threw the ball and the way he was able to in a controlled low intensity situation the, the way he threw the ball compared to other quarterbacks i go okay i kind of get why talent evaluators can can absolutely fall in love with the raw tools that players have it's it it, it's got to be really hard for them to to break from that of ooh, that's a pretty football well maybe not really hard but it it can be i suspect no you're totally right right a guy i mean paxton lynch what was he six seven yeah and uh he he had a great arm that's the thing you want to get guys like that on your roster right like in the as an evaluator, you say, "Oh man, this guy could be this, and this guy could be that," and 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 that's sort of where where the balance I think is struck, DP. I think the balance is struck in in the potential you see with what he actually shows you in terms of his IQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, my my go-to example, and this is because I have experience, you know, being a teammate with this guy, is Michael Bishop where you have every single athletic intangible that any pot, any, any sport can want, not just football, any sport. Oh yeah. And you have a, you have a rocket for an arm, like a cannon, but you can't read a defense, you know? So literally you can check nine out of the 10 boxes, but when in football context, some of those boxes are a lot bigger than the other ones, right? Like they're like, you can check nine out of the 10, but if the 10th box is one of the most important ones, well, then you're in trouble, and and your opportunity might not materialize the way you'd hope for. So Paxton Lynch, a guy with a great arm, a, you know, a guy with all the, the length clearly, 
mm. right? There, there was something in there, and I'm not saying it's, it's, it's based on he couldn't read the defense, but what I am saying is there's something in there that didn't check the necessary box for Jeremy O'Day and, and Coach Dickinson, it, it, you know, when it came to the long-term overall goal. Yeah. Zinger, you had a hypothesis about Paxton Lynch. Yeah. Tonight is the United States Football League draft. What if Paxton Lynch asked for a release so he could be eligible for the draft tonight? Boom. Houston yeah, Gamblers. Decision on his part, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that'd be a, that's probably the advice he got, to be honest with you, right, Zinger? I mean, you're down there in America, and, and the goal when you're American isn't the CFL. It's to get back to the NFL, especially if you're a former first-round pick. So right away when the USFL comes up and, 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 and is offering spots, you automatically gravitate towards that opportunity because that's, that's the film that's going to get you evaluated by the teams you want to be evaluated by. Yeah, you're, and then you don't have to worry about border restrictions and what will you try to forecast what those will look like come May. You can just yeah. be be home. Don't you, worry about taxes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Certainly hope the best for, for Paxton Lynch. We interviewed him, I think, maybe twice. Seemed like a good dude. He came up here and he was ready to uh, – to embrace, you know, Saskatchewan and Canadian football. Never got a shot to play, but, uh, yeah, hopefully whatever he's looking for, he's able to find it uh, on uh, on his adventures now. The Riders released him official as of yesterday. It is 4.57. Luke, thank you, brother. We'll talk to you on Friday. Yes, sir. Great Luke Mullender at Luke Mull 95 every Monday and Friday with us on the cage. 4.57. News is next on 620 CKRM. Kane is in the building. 508 on a Tuesday for Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Derek Taylor, Clayton Croker, who threw a pretty ball back in the day. What's uh, what's going on up there? Yeah, I'm just hanging out, just enjoying the conversation. Loving Brett Lother on the uh, sports cage, talking the business side of the CFL. That was that was an interesting 20 minutes there, DT. Yeah, I I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Brett. I especially did enjoy the. Uh, well, I thought I'd take some pressure off some of my teammates, so I'm going to talk smack ahead of the West semifinal against Calgary. That's very well done by by the kicker. Don't ever chirp kickers again. Don't say they're not part of the team. That's a that's a veteran move right there from Brett Lawther and from the kicker too. That's a you don't really see that from the kicker too often. I love it. Yeah, no, it is a fantastic move. Arash Madani of Sportsnet with us. Uh, Arash, I always thought, and I, this this goes far outside of you know the Big Four in North America. But Sir Alex Ferguson was the manager of Manchester United for the longest time. They were one of the great clubs in well, obviously England, but in all of Europe. There was no one better in my mind at jingling the keys at the media. If some, one of his guys played atrociously, he would say the referees are fixed, and he would take all the – Paul Scholes would never hear about it because Sir Alex would jingle the keys and the media would follow. Anybody else pop to mind as incredible at distracting us from what we should actually be talking about? Well, I mean, Belichick is obviously the master. Uh, we're on to Cincinnati. Did we ever – get any kind of insight have we ever had any insight on what's going on within the walls of foxborough we really thinks of anything yeah uh, mike tomlin actually under the radar is very good at it in pittsburgh his monday press conferences are um, are must-watch theater if you get a chance to do it he will call guys out 
and does it in a, you know, we need more from him kind of way. Yeah. And the message gets sent. Um, Tomlin is in a sit-down with Tony Dungy. He said, yeah, I use that as a tool uh, to get to my guys. So, as, as you should. It's laying right there. Somebody's got to talk to the media. So if you can make that time valuable instead of just grunting and groaning your way through it, uh, uh, why not? A little bit quiet in the Canadian Football League, uh, Rash, so a chance for us to kind of take the 30,000-foot view of some stuff. Uh, how, do you, okay. how, do you ta- how do you view $300,000 for Kenny Lawler under the Chris Jones regime? This has nothing to do with Kenny Lawler, DT. Okay. Um, in roster construction, spending $300,000 on, on a receiver and then an American receiver to boot, uh, I don't care if you're G-Roy, Milt, Swervin, Mervin, uh, you know, name him, Alan Pitts. Um, they, they, they should not be taking up that much of your salary cap. Here's what's interesting on Lawler. Kenny Lawler got zero up front is what I've been led to believe, or mm-hmm. negligible up front, if anything. The majority of that $300,000 is apparently – salary so he was offered less overall money with 80 up front i was told by bc turned it down because he saw the big ticket from edmonton and as we reported dt a while back there's that four hundred and fifty thousand dollar cap that was put in on signing bonuses yeah i wonder i wonder does kenny lawler show up to camp and does Kenny Lawler play for less next year? Because they say to him, yeah, we can't do 300. I wonder. What? I wonder. And I'm not the only one. There are some people I've talked to around the league who say they wouldn't be surprised if that's the move that ends up happening there. Well, and, and that was my – when we talked about it, that's why I would have taken the money up front and go because his he and his agent had to sit down and go, okay, well, we're we're going to get this money. and Because if they don't – no one's going to have 250 of cap room to pay him once May rolls around. So they they had to have I hope they looked at that and evaluated that and said, "Okay, well no, we believe this." There is the the thought of would anyone trust the GM again who did exactly that? Sign him in February and tell him to take a pay cut in May. Mm, happened before, DT. Oh, don't don't break my Get the money while you can. And yeah. and look, if you're if you're offered, I think Lawler was offered two thirty by BC. If eighty of that's up front, the way you're taxed, your actual take home money, although taxes in Alberta and BC are different, the way you're taxed, uh, your take home money isn't going to be that much different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, I was I spoke with somebody a few days ago who was in touch with Lawler during the free agent period. And Lawler had basically said he was looking for around 250. Well, he got that and then some in Edmonton, if Edmonton lives up to its end of the bargain. Yeah, which we shall see. That'll be one of the interesting plot points when we come to to May. Of course, Edmonton is a bunch of them. Uh, They picked up Nick Arbuckle in a trade last year before Chris Jones got there and – 
there has been mm-hmm. steady speculation when they see, well, he signed this young American and that young American. Here's Khalil Tate and here's JT Barrett. Uh, what do you make of the, the speculation regarding Arbuckle's future in Edmonton? I was told that around free agency, um, Edmonton made it known that Arbuckle could be available if the team was interested. Really? So, yeah, there, there is, and I, I want to say this carefully, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Edmonton brought him to camp still. And it wouldn't surprise me if they give him a chance to compete. But I don't think Edmonton has, unless he comes in and knocks their socks off, and who knows what's going to happen between now and training camp anyway, and if there's an offer and whatever. But I think most teams are quarterback situations pretty well set. I just have a hard time thinking that with BC doing what they're doing. Um, I just don't know what kind of leash Nick Arbuckle has there. Because here's, here's the deal with Jones, always and forever. <laughs> if he likes you, if he's if he's your guy, he will fight tooth and nail with you and go down with your swing. If he's not your guy, he has very little interest in, in having you in the mix. Yeah. If he likes you. Over the years, we haven't seen much gray area there, have we, DT? No, we, we, we really haven't. And his flexibility regarding quarterbacks is second to none. But uh, if he likes you, he's going to pull you five years out of retirement and and bring you onto the roster, right? Like, that's right. you just you want to be that guy, and that'll be kind of Nick Arbuckle's task, because there are, I mean, when the music stops in Edmonton, there aren't a lot of seats available in the Canadian Football League no. right now. I, I just don't know who their guy is going to be, and that's why, in their heart of hearts, they don't want much to do with Arbuckle. But the only caveat in me saying. I don't see Nick Arbuckle being in Edmonton next year. Because in my heart of hearts, I don't. It's just that who is? Who is the guy? Yeah. What Can can two weeks of rookie camp and training camp be enough for any of the young American guys to uh, to make a splash? Clayton, you're you're on the Nick Arbuckle bandwagon. You, you, like, you like the thought of Arbuckle in Edmonton? I don't understand why this guy doesn't get a shot. It seems like, again, he kind of got it in Calgary because of the injuries, goes to Toronto, doesn't really work out, the Ottawa thing before that, and then this. It's just, is this guy cursed? Is there off-the-field stuff? I don't think there's off-the-field stuff. It just, no. I don't know. It just kind of seems like no one wants to give him a shot. It kind (laughs) of seems like he's just, you know, he's just middle of the road. If he was a Madden guy, he'd be rated 80 or 81. He's not going to blow you away. Everyone's always looking for the next big thing in the CFL, it seems like, and He's kind of like the safe option. Well, and and he was a rush, the next big thing, right? In 2020, he goes to Ottawa on a big deal. Ottawa figures out the season's not going to happen. They get connected to Matt Nichols again because of the coach and quarterback. Narbuckle goes to Toronto, gets traded partway through. He was, for a moment, the hottest free agent quarterback. I think there's a few lessons in all of this. When when you have a player – on his fourth team in four years, <laughs> he's lukewarm. He's not hot. Why is that? Well, we're actually looking for hot these days. Matter of fact, we're looking for instant coffee. We're looking for an instant star right away. And they always go back to Rakeem Cato. I think oh. he's one of the biggest buyer beware deals. I remember yes. coming on this radio station and the howls of how did the riders let Rakeem Cato walk? 
because he wasn't good. Uh, anyway. He lasted five whole minutes. Oh. And just because Arbuckle had a great, what, third of a season? Yep. That does not make you a franchise quarterback. Um, look, Ryan Dinwiddie was with Arbuckle in Calgary. Dinwiddie not only – now then he becomes the head coach in Toronto and signs him in free agency. He knew what he was getting and still traded him away. Mm-hmm. So, yes, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but just because there's not – like, remember, when there's not a lot of film on somebody and somebody lights the world on fire, then you can figure them out. And then sometimes a player ends up – have a little bit of success and they come in thinking they're a little bit better than they actually are. And they're, they fancy themselves to be the kind of quarterback that they're not. And the next thing you know, it blows up in your face. Look, if McLeod Bethel Thompson has beat you out for the job and is outperforming you, that's what you got to, that, that, that's when, you know, yeah. that's when you know that maybe just Nick Arbuckle isn't what we thought he actually was going to be. 153 pass attempts in Toronto last season, uh, 238 in Calgary the year before. Ryder fans know well what he did in that, what, week four game uh, when he came in and absolutely bamboozled the uh, the Ryder's defense. I, I'm I'm rooting for him on some level. He's a Rashma Daddy of Sportsnet with sure. us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh Anybody coaching hot seat uh, rumors? Anything good on the on the front? We've only had one season since the uh, since the cancellation, but I feel like we now need to get back into ooh. Anybody on the hot seat? Well, look around the league, and where are the general managers who didn't hire the head coaches there? And you land at two spots. One is in Montreal. Yeah. And one is in Ottawa. In Ottawa, coming off what a three-win season. Um, if the Red Blacks don't make significant progress, I really wonder about Paul Lapalise's future um, in Ottawa because, you know, by by the end of this season, Marcel Desjardins, the one cap mulligan hit, that'll be off the books. So then that won't affect the staff cap at all. And I just have a hard time believing, guys, that Montreal will win with Vernon Adams, and I just think that Kahari is going to be the first to go, and I'm not the only one. There are some people I talk to around the league who not only think that, you know, Kahari's seat is hot, is that he's, you know, already there's one put out the door. Matter of fact, there were some free agents who were talking, free agent players who were talking about that too, who are familiar with the Montreal situation. Oh, so that those are the two areas to really keep an eye on. I love that we're talking about this in February. It must be Regina. It's, it's great. Be. Um, yeah, yeah, those are the two areas to really keep an eye on. Well, Hamilton, just in that East Division, uh, they they lost the playoff game to Hamilton at home. Hamilton looks good again. Ottawa, talent wise, dramatically improved. Toronto, in my mind, should fall back. Montreal's got to make sure they don't fall back. If man, yeah, if they do, those that'd be pretty rough. That's a that's a pretty rough life. Let, let me look into my crystal ball here, DT. Hit me. What are we? Twenty twenty two. Let's say a year from now, you and I are uh, discussing investment opportunities on some kind of platform. Okay? okay. Maybe a year from now, I'll be talking to you about 
Well, Montreal's made a coaching change. Danny Machocha slid over, and he's now head coach and GM. He brought his pal Noel Thorpe over from Edmonton after Noel got paid a full year not to coach the Elks under Chris Jones. And don't forget, Danny's got a really good rapport with Jason Moss. And Jason Moss and Danny worked together in Edmonton, and, and I could very well see Moss being the offensive coordinator in Montreal. But I just put put that in the back of your mind maybe a year from now we're we're talking something like that. I'll I'll just throw a date out. Everybody ready? August 13th. Just putting that date out there. You want a mid-season date? August 13th. Montreal starts at Calgary, then Toronto, double dip with the Riders, Elks, Red Blacks, Tie Cats and then a double header with the Bombers. If they're 2 and 7 at that time, August 13th, 2022? Just now, putting that out there. Now bring up Ottawa's schedule. Now bring up Ottawa's schedule. I think they start with Winnipeg. They need to have Winnipeg back-to-back to start. Let's do that. Bombers, June 10th. and because Yep, yeah, they do. Uh, two against the Bombers. Lions, uh, Riders. Oh, gosh. Ticats, Alouettes. Oh, my goodness. That's a, real, that's a real rough first five games, potentially, for a team we think is going to be pretty good. Um, if they make a change, and again, it's February and we're just, you know, speculating. Because <laughs> um, there's not much else to do. And the last thing I hate doing is firing people. But um, if they make a change, you know who's sitting at home and didn't take the Hawaii job, even though it was offered and said nobody in their right mind would take that job? Oh, boy. J- June Jones. Oh, boy. Who? Worked in Hamilton when Sean Burke was the assistant GM, and now Burke's the GM. Oh boy! Oh Maybe boy! Maybe it's Jones. June Jones just keeps the seat warm for the rest of the season, and who knows what what they may do. Oh, so, I love the fact. I'm not looking for the Jones or Lapolice family to to put the house on the market. We're just talking football in late February. Spin the carousel. I love it already. Arash, I kept you longer than I wanted to. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Okay, see you, Clayton. Arash Madani of Sportsnet in the Madani Report, brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. August 13th, Zinger. Mark it down. I have it on my calendar. Notifications (laughs) applied. 524. Glenn Suter at 530 in the cage. And those Riders made the following roster moves over the weekend. The club has released quarterback Paxton Lynch and defensive lineman Tim Williams. And the club has signed American defensive lineman Nick Coe, American offensive lineman Bryce Hargrove, and national linebacker Justice Momoka. Six games in the NHL on Tuesday. Toronto is in Columbus, Nashville, Tampa, Minnesota is in Ottawa, St. Louis is in Philly, Anaheim, San Jose, and the Kraken. Host the Islanders to cap the evening off, DT. 527, you missed any of today's show? Get the Sports Cage on demand for the Canadian Brew House. Winter wonderful feature dishes available now at the Canadian Brew House. Couple of notes from the curling world, Clayton. Uh, Saskatchewan's mixed doubles champions. They are Shaylin Kitts and Sam Wills. They won the title in Aberdeen on Sunday with a 6-2 victory over Brett Barber and Mitch Height. So congratulations to them. And the Grand Slam of Curling is coming to Regina. The Champions Cup, May 2nd to 7th, 2023 at the Cooperator Center. 
the best curlers in the biggest cash spiel of the year in Regina. I will be there. I'm booking that week off. I'm just saying. Regina, experience <laughs> Regina. Curling fans, experience it. It's going to be fun. Also, shout out Aberdeen, great town. Oh, what, what's the uh, what's the go-to food stuff in Aberdeen? Everything. There, Every- are, there are like three little diners in Aberdeen, I'm pretty sure. I haven't been in a while, but Aberdeen's got some really good food. They've got like a, a southern cuisine place. They, they serve alligator. I'm pretty sure. No, it's Dalmany. I'm getting Dalmany and Aberdeen mixed up. They're right next to each other, kind of. That happens for oh, Zinger all the time, yeah. Oh, man, my small town, sometimes they blend together. If it's in the same area, like, oh, I'm, I'm making a fool out of myself here. I, I claim to be a super Saskatchewan guy, and I'm messing up my small towns. Uh, it's pizza and barbecue in Ogama. It is in Wadena. It's the Boston Cream Donuts. Mm-hmm. What was it? You came with one after the Wadena Boston Creams. Oh, there's so many. There's so many running through your mind right now that you can't just focus on one. But uh, we're doing the food tour, Zingy. We're doing the food tour. Oh, it was a uh, was it the Chinese food at a curling club? Was that was that the that one? was Clayton's Granite last week. Curling Club? Granite Curling Club in Saskatoon. Some of the best food you'll ever have. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I love it. Uh, so those are notes from curling. Got to mention uh, Riders safety linebacker free agent Jay Dearborn. Competed in the uh, bobsledding. I'm not sure if we talked about it. They ran on Thursday night into Friday, and then Friday night into Saturday was the was the bobsleigh. Dearborn finished 22nd. Saskatoon's Ben Cokewell into uh, the final two heats. They ended up winning the bronze medal after a great first run. They just kept it going. So congratulations to to Ben, the former Huskies running back in his third Olympics, gets his first medal. It is bronze, and uh, congratulations to him and uh, for Jay Dearborn. Hopefully. Uh, Enough of a taste in his mouth that he continues on the Olympic front as well as the CFL front. 529, Glenn Suter in fine tailored suits next in the cage. Thirty-two. Time for fine tailored suits. Brought to you by Quality Tire. Ten locations across Saskatchewan. Quality Tire. He is Glenn Suter. Uh, He's rocking teddy bears and uh, (laughs) hammocks. And uh, there's something, I don't know what else you got. uh, Teddy bear over your shoulder? Yeah, that's that's product placement. Okay. Product placement because that is the Telemiracle Bear. Now, the Telemiracle Bear, I mean, how cute is that? I mean, really. I mean. So cute. You You just want to pinch his little face. Yeah, he's he's got a blue hoodie on. And if, if you're listening in your car, and so the Telemiracle is coming up early March here, and um, first weekend in March, be flying into Saskatchewan for that. And if you want to uh, make a donation and order the bear, you can before the show starts, during the show as well. It's a $146 donation or more. If you can afford more, that'd be great. All the money stays within the province and helps many, many people in so many ways and um yeah you can get this bear last year at telemiracle ten thousand bears were sent out come 10, on thousand teddy bears yeah yeah oh my over gosh. ten thousand so yeah he's a cute one this year and that's a little product placement you know ryan reynolds puts a bottle of gin in his shots in movies i'm putting a <laughs> telemiracle bear in uh i hate to point out it's wearing blue and we're talking yeah. to saskatchewan radio station but we can it's for a good cause so we can we can forgive <laughs> 
the blue <laughs> color, uh, the Telemiracle folks. Uh, hey, I want to dive into the uh, XFL-NFL thing with you, but we were talking to Brett Lother in the 4 o'clock hour, and the mm-hmm. CFL and the PA uh, putting together a mentorship program, which Brett is going to take part in, and he'll spend a week you know, shadowing the uh, in the CFL offices and looking at uh, basically future career paths and trying to help players in that way. How were you with that in your career? Like when in your when your football career did you start contemplating your next career? Yeah, I, I don't think you really do, especially when you're first starting out. I mean, you've got three or four years in and you've made the team. I mean, those first couple of years making the team and establishing yourself is all that's on your mind as a player. And, you know, and then the next three or four is to, you know, really excel. And sometimes it takes, it certainly did for me, it takes that long just to feel like you're not standing in the middle of a freeway and the cars are flying by. So, you you know, you have to, you have to work yourself in, earn the respect of your teammates and, and all of that. So, you know, I think that's where your real focus is. You're not thinking about anything beyond that. And the average uh, career length for for most pro football players around four years so you know I I I think this is outstanding to do this however I will say this too I mean just because it's pro sports and and these players and all players are so talented and and privileged to be able to play at the pro level you know so many people in society have to change careers I mean whether you're a waitress when you're trying to become an actor or an actress you know, my, my son and, and daughter are great examples of it. My son is a guitar player. He's playing the local gigs in Vancouver. He played down in Nashville, still trying to get his break. And he has to wait tables and do other things. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's you to find those jobs. I, I know we always say when the career comes to an end, what will an athlete do? And we make it sound really quite dramatic because they retire at 30 or sometimes even 27, 28 years old, some guys are retiring and walking away. And that's so young. But lots of people in society have jobs where it's starter jobs, it's it's a chance to, to do something you love for a while, take a run at it, and then get serious about other occupations later. Yeah, the I think maybe the difference from a CF from a football player's perspective is, at least for core, let's I'll say this with certainty about most of the quarterbacks in the Canadian football league. That's the most money they're ever going to make. And it's going to run out by the time they're 35, right? There aren't a lot of $550,000 a year jobs kicking around just in society. So they kind of have to be, well, one, there's a whole psychology of the money thing, but two, you're going to need something on the back end because it's oh, yeah. not, it's not $45 million a year. Like Patrick Mahomes, right? It's not retire <laughs> and say, put my feet up money if I want to. Yeah, just let me play one year for that salary. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You know, you're not, you're not, um, you're not living off off your one or two years in pro football forever, for sure. Yeah. And that's one of the things I lo- I love about Canadian football. It's it's uh, such a high level of talent, world class athletes, and yet they get paid sort of like most of Canadians. And the the top guys, the quarterbacks, get paid in that one or 2% of Canadians uh, at the top of the pay scale and, but still not enough to live on beyond a couple of years. So you, you know, you have to make some plans for your future and that's why programs like this one are excellent. Uh, Clayton Croker, I will 
increase or decrease your salary, whatever it is there in Saskatoon. I know you do a morning show to five fifty a year, five hundred fifty grand a year. A little bit of pay. How many years till you're retired, or do you just take it on through? Honestly, a couple weeks. I could retire with like 90 grand in the bank, and as long as I win a couple sports selects along the way, I think I'd be okay. Uh, oh, I'm Clay- a simple man. I'm a simple man. Oh. What? What's have, he- Go ahead, we, we, have, we have to get Clayton uh, like a, a money organizer or what are they Ooh, called? A financial planner. I thank you, thank you, a financial planner because uh, to to if your plan is you know as long as I win a couple of sports bets. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your plan, oh. you're in trouble, my friend. Yeah. Uh, have you have you got the, the gambling rehab facility picked out, Clayton, for your retirement time? Or is that guys, it's not that hard. You just pick the winners. That's all you have to do. <laughs> I've got a system. I've got all a... you have to do is pick the winners, and if that doesn't work out, put a couple twenties on red, then put a couple twenties on black, you're back in business. Let's uh, go. The... I'm just joking, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, no one no. take my gambling advice, please. No, no. We will not I... be advocating the Martingale system of just double your bet and you can't lose. Uh here on the case. We will not be doing that. Uh, Suits, the XFL and the NFL are partnering up for so long. We talked about the XFL and the CFL and what will they bring Mm -hmm. and what will the CFL bring. And all of a sudden, the XFL has found itself a dance partner. Yeah. And if you haven't heard this and you're listening in now, it's, you know, it's basically an agreement made between the XFL and the NFL. And it, you know, I put aside the this looking like a completely one-sided situation where the NFL would benefit from, um, you know, doing some trial sort of experiments on the XFL before ever implementing it in their own league. I mean, basically, according to Kevin Seifert, who writes for ESPN down in the States and one of the really respected reporters on the NFL down there, you know, he, he basically called it uh, a petri dish situation <laughs> where the XFL would be that for the NFL. I'm not sure what the XFL, other than to be able to say right now that they have a partnership, which which brings value for sure with the NFL. But other than that, I'm not sure what the XFL will get out of this because there is no player movement involved. In fact, Danny Garcia, the, one of the organizers with The Rock for the XFL, has stated that this is absolutely not about creating a farm system like NFL Europe. So this is this is going to be independent leagues, one in the spring, mm-hmm. um, but that have an agreement that if the NFL wants to try new AstroTurf, they'll do it in the XFL first. If the NFL has a new hammet, uh, helmet um, innovation, they'll try it on XFL players first. Rule changes, you know, different types of, uh, you know, training camp and how you organize those things or, or not training camps, but spring camps and things like that. So, I mean, there's there's lots of ways to partner. I think the Canadian Football League would be watching all of that as well. I mean, even without an official partner agreement, you can watch new innovation and see how these things work all the time. And one of the reasons I want to bring it up, though, DT, was was because of what happens when these discussions begin. We all, or not all of us, but there is a select group of people in our country that automatically jump on that hamster wheel again. And they start to speculate that, well, this means 
the CFL's in trouble. This means that players aren't going to come to the CFL. They're going to stay in the XFL because there's a partnership with the NFL mm -hmm. and, and start to speculate, which is just, it, it's, it's irresponsible at worst, but it's just crazy. You know, I just to, 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 to suggest that that's going to happen before we even see a league in place is, you know, is, is crazy. And, and I want to be clear on one thing. I, I think people look at when I comment on these kind of leagues and they think, well, he's just a CFL apologist and he's just going to cheer for the CFL all the time anyway. And that's true, but it's, it's not what I'm talking about in these cases. When, when a new league crops up in, in the United States, I'm actually cheering for it to be successful because if it's successful, we create more competition, which is always good in, in all business. Secondly, it, it creates more opportunities for more players. And if you, if you think of the thousands of players that are coming out of major college football programs on both sides of the border every single year, and only a small percentage, less than 1%, get a chance to go to a pro camp in the two leagues right now, a spring league like the USFL or a spring league like the XFL is more opportunity for players. So I am actually, I actually hope for that success. I hope for them to be successful. Um, what I don't like to see and what is frustrating is how we react or how a select group of people, some who should know better, how they react when these leagues crop up, which is, gloom and doom the cfl's dead they're going to all the players will go there not come here it, it's it's rampant speculation it's gloom and doom it's it's almost like watching the news these days where you see <laughs> where you where you where you see things like well the the hospitalizations are dropping we're looking like we're going to get rid of all mandates very soon. If not right now, it's happening. It's all good. Oh, but by the way, there could be another variant. And then we're right back in this met. Like you, yeah. you can, you can end the report before you speculate on a meteor is going to hit the earth and that's going to be it. We're all dead. I mean, you know, so I just, that's why I kind of wanted to bring it up is, is the frustration is not with new leagues in the States. I hope they're successful because it gives more opportunity to players. It's, it's to me, it's about how a select group of people constantly devalue Canadian football by suggesting that these startup leagues are going to take all the talent away from Canadian football. It's just not going to happen at all. We don't even know what these guys are going to get paid in the XFL. Are they going to get paid from a league office? Are they going to get paid? Are they individual businesses per team? None of that yeah. has been decided yet. And yet already I'm seeing on Twitter speculation that, well, this means there'll probably be players that want to stay down there and won't come up to Canada. Like, yeah, well, and there, it's, and it's, it's there certainly will be right. There certainly, it'd, it'd be crazy because you, to try to predict what, how many players are in the football ecosystem, say 5,000 to try to predict what anyone is going to do. Great. But here's the thing. Here's the thing I come to on this. One, the XFL is not going to have 500 teams of 50 players and take 25,000 players out of the CFL's potential American player pool. So we can all be calm on that. 
But the other part is, it, as as you reflect on your own CFL history and us as Ryder fans, okay, it would have been great to have Corey Sheets up here a little longer. It would have been fantastic to have, you know, Kent and Keith hang around a little while longer. But it really has the loss of a player to an American league ever really damaged the Canadian football league. Maybe Doug Flutie, maybe ultimately maybe Warren moon, but now we're back in the nineties and the eighties, like losing pick, pick your American player on the riders right now. And if that guy said, you know what? I want to play in Alabama instead of Saskatchewan, the riders would find another guy and we would love him just as much. Yeah, and without question, and and what we get when those players decide to, you know, go to a, a more, uh, you know, lucrative. Let's put it that way, because it's it's still just football, but they're make, making a lot more money doing it. And guys like Warren Moon and Doug Flutie do that; they become great ambassadors, and still are to this day. Yeah. Great, great ambassadors for Canadian football and and the two pro football leagues in the world. There are two in the world: ours and the NFL. And again, we when we see that all, all of a sudden the XFL, which which who want to start in 2023, in the spring of 2023, and, and hopefully they do, um, have now got some sort of agreement with the NFL, the speculation and the hamster wheel stuff yeah. starts again. And I just I just want to, I'm I'm on a mission, I'm on a mission, DT, to stop and change the messaging because it devalues Canadian football. And I am not going to sit quietly any longer and allow people to devalue Canadian football, even if they're our own guys on TSN. And that happens. And, and they are going to be called out by me because there's no need for it. It's speculation that A is wrong and B, you never really will know until we actually see it all play out. And that's not gonna happen for five to 10 years. Yeah. And and then even when if it is in the midst of happening, would that guy have come to Canada anyway? Who who knows? It's, who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Would he have been and would he have made the, the team? Game? Yeah, would exactly. he have made the team. Paxton Lynch didn't make the team. You yeah. know, like again, I, I hope the best. He's a good football player, and maybe he plays in the XFL or the USFL, and maybe he gets back to the NFL. That could possibly happen. And I you cheer for the guy and the player. I just you know, I, I I think this this has got this messaging is the most inexpensive way to to change the narrative and strengthen Canadian football in our country is to change and stop this perpetual hamster wheel <laughs> negative messaging that happens every time someone sneezes across the border and says, you know, I might start a league. You gotta I, stop it. Stop yeah. it right now. It's over. End of story. Uh, Clayton, let me run this by you. Uh, Danny Garcia, who is one of the front people for the XFL, told ESPN that the partnership with the NFL isn't intended to put the XFL quote in position as a developmental league. Uh, Clayton, the deal means that uh, the NFL will have some innovation programs in protecting the health of players. They'll try those in the XFL. It won't include player sharing. But there will be proposed rules, new equipment, and the XFL will help the NFL develop officials and coaches. Development league or not development league? Clayton, what's your ruling? I heard development a lot in there. So uh, that's weird. Yeah. What a coincidence, eh? Um, honestly, I kind of, 
I hope it's not a development league. Well, I hope it's a little bit of both. You got the young guys in there who are like, you know, the the seventh un, seventh round picks, undrafted guys. But I liked it when the UFL, remember the United Football League? How they had like Dante Culpepper and J.P. Lossman and guys who were just hanging on by a thread to their career. I want those guys in the league. I want to see the washed up guys that are still trying to get an NFL contract. Like, I want to see their stories as well. The guys who are who have been away from the game for three years and are kind of making a comeback. I hope yeah. there's a good mix of that in the uh, XFL as well. The The only football league in America... Uh, professional football league that managed to exist alongside the NFL is arena football. So I don't know if there are lessons from that, that the XFL and the USFL will take, but that's literally the only one. And by the way, that was a dramatically different game. Uh, best of luck to them. Cause suits I'm with you. More football is better, but it, this hardly means anything bad for the Canadian football league. Five fifty more and fine tailored suits next. Five fifty-two with the sports ticker. Riders making some signings over the weekend. Nick Coe, defensive lineman, and uh, offensive lineman Bryce Hargrove and national linebacker Justice Momoka have all been inked by the green and white. And the Riders have also released Paxton Lynch and defensive lineman Tim Williams. And it was on this day forty-two years ago the USA men's hockey team upset the Soviet Union four to three in the nineteen eighty Winter Olympics, also known as. The Miracle on Ice. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. 781-2090. Are you sure that's still the Miracle on Ice? Because I was reading some stuff around when the U.S. men beat the Canadian men at the Olympics this year. Oh, you mean the Canadian team that didn't even medal? Yeah, yeah, that was was to be. Some people are (laughs) calling it the new Miracle on Ice. (laughs) Suits, those were, that was my least favorite fake headline well re- it was real but it was a fake sentiment around the olympics my goodness one of those sports movies though that i enjoyed when they when they told the story of the miracle on ice like the the proper disney yeah. movie miracle yeah 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 oh, yeah was- that was one of that was one of the good sports movies i liked the yeah. the, the pre-game speech by the coach tonight we are the greatest hockey team. <laughs> you know, it just makes you <laughs> just a prototypical coach speak, but it's like, okay, well, th- this got me feeling some type of way here. There you go. Uh, who did who did the Americans beat in the Miracle on Ice singer? S- Soviets. And they won the gold medal with that win? Yes. No, it was the semifinal. Was it? It was the semifinal. Wow. It was, that was not the final. The Miracle on Ice did not happen. In the final. Oh, really? Wasn't, wasn't Trechiak the goalie for the Soviet Union at that time? Oh, that would not surprise me at all. Um, I think it was, was it Trechiak? I think it was Trechiak. No? May, I may be wrong there. but 4-3 America, and that was... Well, who cares about the game? It's not even for the medal. It's, well, <laughs> because it was the it was the Red Army team, right? And it was Victor Tikhonov and, and Krutov yes. and Trechiak and the whole the whole crew. So yeah, no, it, that was not the fun. I believe it was Finland they had to play in the final. Uh, it was. Uh, come on, don't tell me I have this backward. Did I did I just lead you guys astray? What did we do? What did we do when when we didn't have Google? <laughs> right. Oh, it was in the final round of matches. They beat the Soviet Union four three. Then they beat Finland in the final game and thus won the group with two wins and a tie in a. 
bizarre thing. But yes, that was not the one that uh, determined it. it so was... what, what was the gold medal game? I'm so mighty confused. So as I am reading this, the gold medal, it was a head-to-head result in a final round of games between the U.S., Soviet Union, Sweden, and Finland. Oh. So they beat the they beat the Soviet Union 4-3. I presume then that they had played Sweden already. Finland tied Sweden. U.S. beat Finland. Uh, and Sweden lost to the Soviet Union. What kind it's of setup confusing. is that? Like, who came up with that format? I don't, I don't know. But the movie did not get into the boring little section there, right? That I went right <laughs> through their suits. That was the genius <laughs> of Disney and the movie. In they did not get into that. Uh, Clayton, sports movies, go. Friday Night Lights, one of the most underrated sports movies out there. Just the beginning when Booby Miles is running and the kids are in his jerseys going after him. They're <laughs> yep. playing the actual, like, I don't know if you've seen the behind the scenes for Friday Night Lights, because I've seen it 37 times uh, with the with the director commentary. Yeah. All those phone calls, like, on the radio, those are all taken, like, from the logger. Like, those Come are on. all real calls They're... that they get about high school football. Wow. And these, like, 55-year-old men calling in about these 17-year-old kids saying, yeah, you should be cut. Cut from the team. <laughs> They're doing too much learning in the schools. And, like, those are all real calls. And, like, <laughs> it just it shows, like, Texas high school football, man, is the most intense thing Y'all want to win, put booby in. Just these. Oh, y'all want to win, put booby in. You don't want your <laughs> helmet, son? You know what? Where's the helmet? And that coach losing his mind, Trent Dilfer style on the <laughs> sidelines. Like it's oh. uh, Friday Night well, Lights. If you haven't seen it in a long time, watch it. It's a it's it's funny. It's a you cry a little bit. They lose at the end. It just spoils everything. Tim McGraw's in it. Tim McGraw's in it. Come on, everyone. Tim McGraw's in it. Yeah. Yeah, Tim McGraw's Tim in McGraw it. I, I like in. that one. I mean, in the Longest Yard, in Longest movie. Yard, the original, oh. for sure. Got to be in there with yeah. Burt Reynolds. Has to be in there. Also, you know, the speech, Al Pacino oh. in any given Sunday. The speech, the inches we need oh. are everywhere around this. Yeah. You, I think you look to the guy next to you. You're going to see a guy that will go that inch with you. Right? So imagine me loving that Al Pacino speech suits and then seeing teams not go for two-point converts, giving up those <laughs> inches left and right, not going for it on third down. Just against Al Pacino is rolling over in his grave. What was it? What was his name in, in the movie? I can't remember. Anybody? Anybody? Cl- uh, Pacino. Al, pa- Al Pacino's I, coach. His name was Coach. Uh, I lost it. I lost it. Steeman Willie Beeman. Ah, gosh, yeah, man. Those were good. No, Miracle was, think, a, was. What speech was? What speech was better? That one or the one from Remember the Titans, when he calls a when he calls a timeout during the final game? You oh. make them remember the night they play the Titans. Remember the Titans <laughs> wins that every time. Like, and guys, eyeball was knocked out in any given Sunday. Roots and all. Like, all the nerves are on the field. Come on, that movie was ridiculous, but also amazing at the same time. All right, suits. Thank you, brother. Five fifty-eight. We gotta go. Uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, yes, any given side. I can't find up the, all them inches. I can't find the guy's name. What was Al's name in the movie? We'll get it. Uh, we'll find it eventually. We'll get it. We also couldn't remember Larry Dean earlier yeah, on. So good memories. It hasn't been the best day for us coming we off suck. the long weekend. <laughs> Clayton Croker, mornings with Stacey and Clayton, 96.3 Cruise FM. Thank you, brother. We're the worst. See you later. (laughs) We are, in fact, the worst. It is 5.58. News is next, and hopefully this texture 
Nope. We'll get it. We'll get it. It's coming up on the cage. Here's your host, Derek Taylor. 6.05 on a Tuesday. Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lottery. It's the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. It's Learn How to Use the Crosswalk Day. Man, oh. that startled me there. 12th and Rose, and the light goes green, and the driver patiently waits, but then 15 people start crossing the road. Yeah. Wait your turn. Have you ever seen so many people cross that road there all at once? That's no. just a side note no, the like story. I don't that know. day we had the random geese here. And there that, were that many. And the umbrella. And the umbrella, which that someone... That was really creepy. That was like, that was a haunting on Rose Street. Like, that's a movie. Yeah. If, if it you, was there and it wasn't one it, minute. If you weren't with us that day, we're just we're on the glass, the corner of Twelfth and Rose here, and a lady walking uh, eastbound dropped her umbrella, and we tried to call out to her because there's a a speaker outside the station here, but she didn't hear us. The umbrella was there, and just laying on the ground. Someone coming south took the umbrella, picked it up, and we thought it was going to take it, but leaned it against the wall and took off. Someone then came up and took a picture of the umbrella, <laughs> leaning against the wall. I don't know why. I'm not an artist. Perhaps that person saw something that made it a great photo and then kept walking. And then all of a sudden, we turned our head and the umbrella was gone. Someone had snatched the umbrella. It was just a weird sequence a sequence of events. It was yeah. very arty, though, the way the umbrella was up against that uh, that brick building there. It yeah. did look pretty cool. The light, I assume, cast a real nice shadow on it. And <laughs> it just... In the autumn gloaming. I'll never forget that day. It's, what? It will live in infamy. And then the geese... We're polite enough to use the crosswalk. Yeah, I don't know how they, knew they used to it use... better than the, than these people did. <laughs> yeah, these. Where are you all going? I don't know. It kept you. These people are trying to get home. It's uh, some stuff happens here in downtown Regina. Thanks so much for being with us wherever you are. You're live. You're in podcast version. We love having you with us. The Sports Cage On Demand is available for the Canadian Brew House. Winter wonderful feature dishes available now at the Canadian Brew House. The text line 306-936-6262 powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one dealership. CBC reports 2.7 million people watched the Canada-US gold medal game in women's hockey, the most watched event of the Olympics, as we thought it might be. And uh, Saskatoon's finest Emily Clark arrives back in our fair province tonight Ooh. on her flight from Beijing. So it'd be great to have Emily back, gold medalist and world champion. Imagine how many people Clark. will be at the airport to greet, maybe not because of COVID, I don't know, but I would. If, Absolutely. Absolutely, I'll snatch that gold medal and run away. Just, just kidding. Fantastic. Yeah, because <laughs> she might. The way she was face washing and tugging some other yeah. players out of the out of the scrum there when it was around the Canadian keeper. Yeah. I don't know that no, you want to mess with. No, with I her. wouldn't stand a chance. There you go. Uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is an interesting cat. He was drafted in the first round all the way back in 2005, five, 2005. Thought, oh, he might go first overall out of Cal. It was Alex Smith, and he plummeted. And we watched him plummet live on TV. He had to wait three years Yes. behind Brett Favre, Brett Favre. <laughs> to become the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And he had to sit through Favre going, Oh, I don't know. I might retire. Yeah, yeah, you know, maybe this is the year. Maybe I call. Never having any intention to retire ever. <laughs> he would go on to the Jets and the Vikings. 
He would do some weird stuff with the Jets, which he should not have done. Nope. Uh, but, well, maybe I'm done, and he was never done. You figure something like that might shape a guy and go, I'm not going to be like that when I get older. <laughs> nope. Aaron Rodgers is just doing that exact same thing now. Ten picture Instagram post uh, giving love to his now ex fiance Shailene Woodley. Uh, saying how much he loves Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams and blah, 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 blah. just getting all up in his feelings at like on the gram at like midnight. It was it was posted at like, you know, like between 10 and midnight yeah. last night. Monday night gratitude. Monday night gratitude, as he called it. Uh, and it makes you go, is, is this guy retiring? <laughs> Did he just like there was an episode of Entourage where Vince was trying to figure out what to do his career. So they all got banged up on mushrooms and went to Joshua Tree. Like, did he just come back from one of those spiritual experiences? What is happening with Aaron Rodgers? Guaranteed. The reason why he posted that last night, he knew he was going on the Pat McAfee show today. And he knew if he posted something like that last night. The amount of viewers at the McAfee show would get today, the live stream of it would be through the roof. And sure enough, like when I was tuning in, I fell for the bait because I was, I was, I wanted to see if he was going to announce something. There was like over two hundred thousand people, like watching it on wow. the live stream. So that alone is a good marketing scheme, you know. And but uh, there was a lot of like talk going around out there because, like you said, one of the pictures that he posted was. Uh, not of him, actually. It was Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams standing beside each other. and uh, But Aaron Rodgers wasn't in the picture because before the national, during the national anthem, before every game, it goes Randall Cobb, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and then Devontae Adams. And the picture that Rodgers posted yesterday was uh, the national anthem during the Kansas City Chiefs game when it was just uh, when he was suspended when he was suspended and didn't play so it was just Randall Cobb and then there was a space there was no Rodgers there because he wasn't playing and then there was the Devontae so then people are like thinking oh is this like a cryptic message is he saying like you know yeah I'm no longer gonna be there type thing so like he plants these seeds in people's minds and like we all fall for it and and it's all over the place now. Like people wondering, is he going to stay? Is he going to come now? His decision needs to come relatively soon here. Today is actually the first day that NFL teams can use their franchise tag on players. And that, they're going to put it on Devontae. Yeah, they have to. And the cutoff for it is two weeks from today on the, on, on uh, March 8th. Okay. So I think within the next couple of weeks, like if they don't franchise Devonte, I, don't see Rodgers coming back, but you ha- you yeah. you have to. You can't let that guy walk. You they, can't. they either franchise tag him or they sign him to a long term deal. There's yeah. no there's no other scenario. You don't let the best receiver in the game get away, even even if it's going to be Jordan Love at quarterback. You, you need him in, but but why the drama? Like one, I hope he's getting a real slice of of that hundred twenty million dollars that uh, the McAfee Pat McAfee show got. is making. <laughs> Obviously, they're not getting it all in one year, but they yeah. signed a gambling sponsor for enormous dollars rogers driving is making all the news from that show these last since the season ended honestly yeah every every time he goes on there he says something that we all 
we all just gravitate to. Like, oh my god, oh my god, look at him. He looks great. Look at that beard. His hair so long. Oh my god. Like we just can't stop. Today was uh, he just finished his twelve day cleanse that uh, he yeah. used from uh, India. It's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. He just finished his twelve day cleanse today. It's like and, a pound of clay a day or something. Yeah, like that. So and, and then extra he... extra heavy. <laughs> Shailene Woodley saying that clay is one of the best things you can eat stuck with him. Oh, my goodness. So he's just saying today that his head's just above the sand, so now he's just going to start thinking of his future today like as if. like The only the only reason I could think that he, that he posted that yesterday is, I mean, it sure worked on the show today. I mean, it was 150,000, 200,000 followers, I think uh, Pat said during the show. Yeah. So, that's an incredible number. That's like crazy that's for, for just live people t- tuning in. That's like the population. That's almost the population of Regina. Like was, yeah. Regina, the greater metropolitan area is 250. You know, that's almost there. Crazy. Like if you ate a pound of clay a day for 12, if you just replaced your, your meat consumption with clay, like how long until the plumber comes to your house and goes, you need to stop doing this? Like, is it four days? Is it five days? Uh, like, I, don't, I don't think it would take that long, man. Uh, your, your, your body can't meals. take clay. Like, well, I'm doing a 12-day cleanse. So, yeah. I'm, the only uh, time I ate clay scary. was when I was in uh, preschool. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. It was, it was all right. I'm not gonna make a. I'm not gonna live on it. But. Did you like the pink one or the blue one better? Pink. Yeah, ex- I'm with you. Yeah. The blue one just didn't taste right. Yeah. The mouthfeel was the same, obviously, but yeah. the, the pink Play-Doh. No, pink just, all day. <laughs> I just a 12-day cleanse. Uh, don't don't do cleanses. Don't, don't do cleanses. <laughs> just don't. I don't know if he's rubbing chickpeas on his feet to make himself feel better. I don't know. But just just do or do not do. Brett Favre. It, the coverage of Brett Favre, I don't know how much was Brett Favre's fault, how much was ESPN's fault back in the day, but the coverage was just the worst. Sources close to him say he's going to retire. Oh, sources say he's coming back. Now sources say, just let me know. There's Favre watch. Just let me know. That was like the very first hashtag ever yeah. <laughs> in the NFL. It was hashtag Favre watch. Interminable and excruciating. All in one delicious little melange. Yep. And then here's some wieners. Like, come on. What? No. <laughs> Rogers, you saw Brett Favre do it. You know how how painful the whole thing was. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. I, if you want to leverage your team, leverage your team. Get your money. Get your buddies paid, too. Devontae should probably, what did, uh, uh, what did over the cap say? Should probably get four years and $93 million based on his production and historically like get him his money. Cause his tag will not be anywhere near that on a one year deal. No, but be around. If, if that's what you're doing, if you're trying to leverage team, bring it on, Yeah, bring it on, take care of your guys, get your money, but just come on, just say, just save it. Just save it. At this point, it's, it's coming down to Devontae. If Devontae's not back oh. in, but yeah, I'm, o- I'm over. The, I'm over the. Mal- Trust me, DT. I've been dealing with this quarterback malarkey. You know, there's two. There's two sides to it. You get the good quarterback play, but you also get well, MVP level quarterback play. Yeah, and you get the 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 dramas, the drama queens. I saw something that said his name's Karen Rogers, not Aaron <laughs> Rogers, and I was like, K A Rod. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I could. Uh, I think I'm with that. Some he, Karen Rogers action to kick off the work week. He has really turned. 
Like he's really done a, a turn in the perception of him in the last. Oh, is it just the last year? Just or the last, last eighteen year. months. Yeah. A real the whole inoculated, vaccinated stuff. And the thing is, like it, it was it was total opposite because he just got onto the Pat McAfee show for the twenty twenty season and started opening up and people started like liking him. Yeah. And everyone was like, Oh, this guy's like awesome. And then that didn't last very long because <laughs> the second season of the Pat McAfee show, it's the complete one eighty. Nobody likes him. Yeah. He was he was Hulk Hogan in the WWF and then he was the NWO Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Now and uh He's coming yeah. back to Green Bay though. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's coming back for one last ride. Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos. Oh. 6-17. Uh, more CFL talk, some NHL talk. Nathan McKinnon slashing an official and getting away with it? Scott Free, says the NHL. Talk about that next. What up, y'all? Yeah, soundtrack was popping, baby. Oh. Y'all ain't know. I go by the name of Lupe Fiasco. Representing that first day, 15 yeah. uh. Lupe Fiasco. Singer right cranking out the tunes. Right CFL Transaction Wire updating today, making officially, officially, officially Paxton Lynch and Tim Williams being released by the Riders. Three signings Justice Momoka, linebacker from Alberta, played there in 16 and then 19 to 21, so three seasons with the U of A. Bryce Hargrove, big offensive lineman out of Pitt, and Nick Coe, defensive lineman. A defensive tackle size lineman from Auburn, all signing with the Riders. That uh, transaction wire today, the Riders making that announcement yesterday. Pit Panthers. I'm wondering how, five years from now, will we remember Paxton Lynch having been a Rider? Or will it be like how Vince Young was a rider? Well, we still we still like talk about Vince Young and how bad that situation went. I don't know which situation went worse though. Paxton Lynch or Vince Young, because I don't think either played in a game. Um True. I think uh how many press conferences did like Paxton was available to the media a few a times. times. A couple yeah. times, right? Uh, Vince Young had his uh introductory press conference. Couldn't say uh, the word Saskatchewan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I don't know. Like, I think we're going to remember it. You always have those players that you just remember because you just wish they would have turned out to something, but they but they didn't. And that's yeah. the reason why you remember it. Probably not for the better or the worse. Yeah. I, and there's nothing Paxton particularly did. Like, he shouldn't be remembered in any way angrily. Yeah. By Ryder fan. Like he, he didn't get vaccinated. Okay. It was his choice. He he knew the consequences. The team made it clear to him, hey, if you don't do this, you can't be with us in the playoff game. He said, Yeah, that's fine. He wasn't suspended list and and released. He there was just there were so many calls late in the season, and it wasn't most Ryder fans, but there was a there was a thing, when is Paxton Lynch gonna get a shot? Because Fajardo was struggling. Uh, we'd see we'd seen some of Mason Fine. We'd seen well, we seen a little bit of Mason Fine, Isaac Harker. but Isaac Harker was the, was the one. Mm -hmm. uh, as we are have a terrible day with <laughs> names today on the cage. But when's Paxton Lynch going to get a shot because of that first round NFL aura and what might be? And if you saw him at camp, it wasn't exactly it wasn't Paul McRoberts in 2019 camp where you're like, oh my god. I can't wait to see this guy. But it was, oh, yeah, he looks good. Look at him move for a guy that size. Like, he's 6'7", and he moves like that? Oh, okay. I can't wait to see him in some live reps. 
But a lot I, of people are like, before that Hamilton game to wrap up the year, like that was that was would have been the perfect opportunity. And it's like, yep, the season on its own was like the worst season for a, an American to try to come up and and catch on because there's literally no preseason games. You can't like, you know, make your uh, make the team based on your play because you're not playing. It's basically just on live reps. And then the the one game that we thought he, we were going to get him in on, he wasn't there. He couldn't travel because of uh yeah, his vaccination status. I believe that was the reason why he couldn't. Or no, that's it, why he couldn't go to the West Final, West but final I assume I assume that dictated yeah, who the Riders took to that Hamilton game in week 16. Yeah. Right? Or uh in for the 14th game. Yeah. That that they went, well, if this guy can't be in the playoffs, we might as well see Isaac and Mason because one of them's going to be our backup quarterback. Um, yeah, he, he, I mean, he could have had a shot. I will lose my mind if his name comes across the wire tonight for the United States Football League draft. I think it starts in a bit here. Like, that would be... Uh, well, wouldn't you if you're a USFL team? Oh, you? yeah. I would... I, I'd lose my mind in happiness because I would... Like, I want to see the guy play football. He right? just turned 28, so he's got a lot of time left. Oh, the draft has, has started, it looks like, so... There's there's no reason why he can't play football in America. Yeah. Right? If he's still interested in football, and I I can only guess, like, we're only guessing, if he's still interested in playing football, no reason why the USFL shouldn't take a shot at him. I'm just... I'll be curious to see, because there there are certain guys for whom we, we kind of drew attached to that didn't prosper for one reason or another. Um, yeah. I kind of go, oh, man, what if they didn't trade Armonte Edwards back in, what, what was that, 2017? Yeah. Uh, they traded Armonte Edwards to bring in Canadian offensive line help. And, ooh, Armonte went on to have some pretty nice seasons. That was 16. There's been a few players like that for me in the past for the Riders. I think back to, like, the early, mid-2000s, we had a receiver named Karsten Bailey. He w- right. he was on the Green Bay Packers. And when, when the Riders signed him, I was like, oh, yes. You know, he's going to spend a long career with us and put up big numbers. Yeah. You know, he did pretty good, but he like he had a cup of coffee and then he was gone. So it's like I'm almost at the point where, you know, let's just not look forward to players, I guess, when they come here. <laughs> no, but... Let's get them here. <laughs> let's get them into camp. Let's see them with their numbers torn off their jerseys. Yeah. Let's see them trying to fight Dan Clark in training camp and go, <laughs> I love this Garrett Marino. Yeah. I love this guy. And Marino, continuing it on social media today. BC Lions, we're so proud. Hey, we're working to develop our organization. It was a pull quote from something they had done. And Garrett Marino is like, shot at hey, maybe fix your offensive line. And there's him just stampeding. Yeah, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> through, I think, a guard and then definitely a running back who stepped up to meet him and then pulling down Michael Riley. That's, that's what we need. Absolutely. Man. One, it's February, and two, two, it's never too early to be excited about the season. And three, there's a guy who could be a big factor this year. Oh, he's going to be big, big time, especially with Micah Johnson not on the team anymore. Right? Oh, this, is, se- this is his year. If there's any year, it's his He sees this it. Year. Yeah. He, he's he got a year under his belt in the Canadian Football League. Oh, they want a Canadian in here too? There's only spot for one American, me or Anthony or whoever else they bring in? Yeah. It's going to be me. He's yeah, he's a guy who honestly, if he puts in a couple more years here, he's going to be an absolute fan favorite. That's one then, of Luke's favorites already. Oh. Like he he loves him. 
when you get a nickname from Mullinder, like Wreck It <laughs> yeah. Ralph. Yeah, that's but that's an honor. If if after twenty three signs a two year deal to stick around even longer, like ninety two jerseys are going to be, but there's going to be jerseys of Marino have to be in that stadium. Absolutely, because yeah, he's he's a ton of fun to watch, and he's just nonstop energy, and he's crap talking Western teams on social media. <laughs> Bring it on! I'm still trying to find it. To be honest, I can't seem to find it. But uh, I could find that when I'm not live on the radio, I guess, right? We're having trouble with finding stuff live on the radio today. I retweeted it into my timeline. Uh, Garrett Marino underscore one is where he tweets. He's got 1,300 followers. Oh, that's his. Okay. Got to fix that O-line before you win a gray cup. Uh, Crying, laughing emoji. And there he is. (laughs) Flexing, smashing himself in the head. Marino as the as the Saskatchewan was winning that game thirty two to nine in the third quarter. That's pretty funny. Uh, Marino, let's see, lined up. Looks like just inside the guard. Michael Riley, is this a sack? Oh, just swim moves the center, getting held, busts through the running back, takes oh. down Michael Riley. Ah, wreck it, Ralph. Good times, man. That was getting her done. That was one heck of a game. Remember how good the Riders' offense was in that first half? Everyone thought, oh my goodness. Touchdowns on three straight drives, and then Nick Marshall pick six? <laughs> yeah. Or a Nick six, if you will? Yeah. Boom. Wow. Use that this year at some point. Good memories. Just saying. A Nick six. A Nick six, yep. Gotta be some reason they brought him back. Anyway, uh, we were all on on the sports cage Wednesday. Gosh, Wednesdays are TSN's Farhan Lalji, Ian McMillan, Low Tide Talks Hockey. We're going to need to address the Calgary Flames. I know Low Tide is an Edmonton Oilers guy but he does all the oh, nhl yeah. the calgary flames 10 in a row now is it yep and they will play vancouver on thursday then minnesota minnesota and i forget who the fourth one is there is the potential for them to have won 14 straight when they go up against the colorado avalanche two saturdays from now holy smokes they are on fire canucks wild wild canadians, canadians. avalanche a winnipeg a winning uh, it was a winnable game there yeah that uh, that they have so but the potential for the Minnesota ones will be a little tougher but 14 straight to take on first place Colorado Calgary Flames got it going on thank you so much for being with us wherever you are sports cage on demand for our friends at the Canadian Brew House stick around zinger at night is next